0: It's the Americhicks with Kim Monson.
1: Now, while this is all going on, I went through President Trump's speech and uh, Chuck and Nancy's rebuttal.
0: The most important story.
1: The American people finally said enough, and that is why they elected Donald Trump.
0: The latest in politics and world affairs.
1: It's almost unbelievable that Trump has extricated the U.S. from the Iran nuclear deal.
0: And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead.
1: Because ideas matter.
0: It's the Americhicks, dissecting issues. As right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation.
1: Hey, welcome to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, uh, where we are dissecting issues and news, politics, and opinion as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree? We have to have these conversations in America today. Be sure and check out my website, americhicks.com, and sign up for my emails. I'll keep you apprised of all the upcoming guests, topics, and important events. And I am the Americhicks on Facebook and Twitter as well, offering a conservatarian perspective. Uh, So big game yesterday. It was the Super Bowl. And uh, let's see, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick won again. So the New England Patriots, congratulations to them, 13-3 over the L.A. Rams. So it was quite a defensive battle for quite some time. And that... uh, that interception down there, Steve, at the you know near the end of the game, that was a killer.
0: That was a heartbreaker, and uh, I don't know if we've ever seen a Super Bowl where you had to wait to the fourth quarter to get a touchdown.
1: Yeah, it was, especially with Tom Brady, you know. I mean, Absolutely. it was pretty amazing. And I, you know, Bill Belichick is seasoned; he's won so many games. And then the young quarter or the young uh, coach for L.A. Rams, thirty-three years old. I mean, I, I thought that was pretty amazing.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I guess I, you know, I. I said to my wife because we're watching this, and she kept out there asking me questions about the Rams, and said, "I really don't know. We don't see them that often, so I don't know much about the quarterback. I don't know much about the coach. So uh, again, uh, a tough game, a very unexpected game. Because when do you see uh, such? Not I say. Well, how do you say it? The imbalance between offense and defense. Obviously, both right. defenses were were out there and they were getting it done, uh, yeah, styming both both offenses.
1: Yeah, it was it was amazing. So it was really really a, a great game. Um, before we jump into some comments on some of the commercials, uh, uh, you know, one of the things I'd love to hear from you all. Email me kim at americhicks.com, com if you run across someone. Who is uh, just really cheerful, doing their job really, really well? And Steve, I was over at Party City the, the other day. I had to to pick up some some things, some napkins, whatever. And this young woman, Chantel, behind the counter, was so cheerful, uh, just doing a job really, really well. And I said, "Okay, Chantel, I'm going to give a shout out to you on Monday morning." So great job, Chantel, over at Party City. Great job.
0: They're out there, people. And uh, who really- jumping in people who really like what they're doing oh. they're, they're out there
1: well you know and uh, uh you know it's important that everybody do their job well and um uh, you know do it cheerfully and by when you get home at the end of the day you feel a lot better and uh, so anyway a, a shout out to chantel great job on that so steve for our funnies today i got some football jokes are you ready oh boy okay. can't wait here we go. <laughs> Why did the football coach go to the bank? To get his quarterback. Ha. And why do football players what do football players wear on Halloween? Face masks. How do football players stay cool? By standing close to the fans. What kind of tea do football players drink? Penalty. And why was the tiny ghost asked to join the football team? Because they needed a little team spirit. So, okay, let's go ahead and jump in here. What did you think of the, uh, of the ads? Which one was your favorite, Steve?
0: Oh, uh, you know, that, oh, well, actually, my favorite, I guess, and it came early. I had no idea, you know, in, in the mass production of beer that there's the possibility of corn syrup being used. So, obviously, Budweiser thought, Bud thought this was great, or Bud Light, I guess, to be accurate, thought this was a great thing to take to their competition. Uh, So whether it is or it isn't, I kind of quickly dismissed that, but the effort they went to in the production of that commercial and then lugging this giant, giant cask of corn syrup around, it was hilarious. So I'd say that got my my vote for number one. Number two, you're probably going to be talking about here shortly. So uh, what about you?
1: Well, I think that that was as well. Although I'm noticing, I thought it was very clever. You know, corn syrup gets kind of a bad rap these days. Yeah. And so, as you mentioned, they were lugging this uh, this big uh, cask of uh, of corn syrup all around, going to different castles, saying, "Hey, is this your corn syrup?" And they, you know, and uh, it was clearly no, going after their competition. But now uh, the corn, National Corn Growers Association. Is downright offended. So I guess if you offend somebody with at least one of your ads, you probably have done something right because you've you've hit a nerve. So <laughs> I thought it was very clever. It was humorous, uh, and you know we need a little bit of humor these days. So what about that other ad? You mentioned the you like that Hyundai ad?
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, it took him a while to get, uh, get again. <laughs> you know, for the sake of this huge audience, you go out there and you do a lot of upfront stuff before you actually get to whatever it is you're selling. And uh, Hyundai, with this elevator commercial, kind of did a, a really kind of a, a good job about the undesirable things in life.
1: <laughs> so do you have the soundbite on that?
0: Yeah, I do. Let's, let's see what happens here. Okay, let's, uh, and, let's, you know, let's yeah, give it we'll, a try. We'll cut out here once we get to the point that you're about to make.
1: Okay. Hello, folks. What floor? Oh, we're car shopping. Ah,
0: you're going down. Way down.
2: This floor, root canal. Oh, this is bad. <laughs> this stopped jury duty. Remember, innocent until proven.
3: Well, he did it, right? Can we all agree he did it?
2: Okay, six-hour <laughs> flight, middle seat. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Who's got vitamin C?
2: <laughs> this floor, the top Your
3: body's changing. My body changed. Even grandma's body. Vegan dinner party.
0: Is that even a thing?
4: We're having beet loaves Sergio's specialty. Why, thank you. Yay!
3: <laughs> Car shopping, off you go.
0: No, and the, sorry, then we're... they get on the car shopping and it's, it's you know, oh, real oh my for gosh. the commercial.
1: So I guess that they have uh, offended vegans with the beet loaf on that. And again, I think that if you've got somebody that's kind of angry at you, you must have done something, you know, very well regarding a- advertisements. Because if you have people talking about it the next day, that's what you want. And uh, so pretty funny. So the corn growers are mad at uh, Anheuser-Busch. And the vegans are mad at Hyundai, so I think it was a pretty successful uh, day for um, advertisers yesterday I- with the I'd Super Bowl. I
0: have to think that Anheuser Busch's competition was—I I mean, I—I I would assume they didn't know that was coming. It was probably kept hush hush. But you know, if you were—what was—they—they they took it to Coors, they took it to uh, Miller, I think it was. I mean, to name your competition mm-hmm. in your commercial in such a fashion—I yeah. mean, I don't think they're very pleased. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, and because, uh, and, you know, uh, beer, you know, they really are, uh, you know, trying to market to millennials because typically, you know, as people get older, they're very, uh, you know, they stay with the brands that they have, have, you know, chosen throughout their lives. So this clearly was going after millennials because uh, corn syrup is something that they've been told that is bad. And so it was a very effective commercial, and I'm like you. I'm sure that their competition was uh, was uh, a little uncomfortable with that. And, of course, the national corn, corn growers aren't very happy about that as well. In fact, it says, uh, here's a tweet, it says, uh, Bud Light America's corn farmers are disappointed in you. Our office is right down the road. We'd love to discuss with you the many benefits of corn. Thanks, Miller Light and Coors Light for supporting our industry. And there you have it on that, Steve. So a little controversy the next day. Everybody's talking about it. That means it was successful. So I wanted to to switch gears though, just a little bit. Uh, Tom Brady is uh, grew up in San Mateo, California. And I don't know if our listeners saw this last week, but a restaurant owner and a resta- restaurateur in San Mateo, California, has now apologized after uh, announcing a ban on anyone wearing a Make America Great hat. CBS San Francisco reports J. Kenji Lopez Alt, a chef and partner at Worst Hall Restaurant and Beer House, tweeted on Sunday that he wouldn't serve anyone who enters his restaurant with one of President Trump's signature caps. Now, he says, it hasn't happened yet. But if you come to my restaurant wearing a MAGA cap, you aren't getting served. Same as if you came in wearing a swastika, white hood, or any other symbol of intolerance and hate, Lopez Alt tweeted. Now, it's like, wait a minute. It looks pretty hateful to me that uh, they're not going to serve people with whom they may disagree with politically. And, Steve, I I actually think that uh, private businesses have the right to do that. Uh, And then what will happen is the free market will figure out whether or not people want to go there or not. But uh, with our public accommodation laws, that's really where, you know, they went after Jack Phillips, the the, uh, cake baker in Lakewood. Uh, And I've always thought that, you know, people should have the freedom to serve who they want and who they don't. Now I know that the public accommodation laws were put in place back in the sixties because, you know, because (laughs) excuse me, blacks were not able to, you know, go in into specific restaurants or they were at the back of the bus and that wasn't right. But again, the Jim Crow laws were laws that were put in place that go against the vision of the Declaration of Independence that all men are created equal uh, and able to go after their life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Um But I really think the free market over time could have answered those questions as well. So it's astounding to me the bigotry, uh, not even the soft bigotry, but the hard bigotry of the uh, political ideology where you've got a, a young restaurateur in San Mateo, California, Tom Brady's hometown, saying he's not going to serve people because of their political ideology. And uh, so... I mean nobody you know nobody went to the authorities in California and said I want to force him to serve me which is so different than what happened with Jack Phillips and Masterpiece Cake Shop right here in Lakewood Steve your thought
0: I just love it when someone takes an apples to oranges topic and tries to make it apples to apples I how can you you, you equate the you know the swastika or any other symbols of the KKK with a make America great again hat how do you equate those two i I just don't get it uh, i I mean obviously I in his it. mind he he's created that, uh, that dichotomy but i don't I don't see his logic in that
1: well and i I really think that that whole narrative is starting to have um, holes blown in it if in it if you will I've been talking to some millennials and and uh, just this weekend and I was talking to a millennial and, and he said you know what? I I don't think that America is really racist. Uh, you know, granted, there's, you know, some cases where that can happen, but as a country, I don't think that that is the case. And I was talking to another millennial a week or so ago, and it, and he was talking about intersectionality. I don't know if you've heard that, Steve. It was kind of my first time to hear that.
0: Sounds like but, a Tesla. Uh, sounds like a Stephen it sounds like a, word, yes.
1: Exactly. <clears throat> But basically, it's where you have all these different groups. They come to an intersection and they try to all, you know, in this case, all feel like that they're being um, you know, prejudiced against. And I think that we're starting to see that that fall down with uh, Donald Trump and raising all boats. And so we'll we'll talk some more about that. I thought that was just a really fascinating uh, thought on that. But, you know, Steve, we'll go to break now that the Super Bowl is done. It was a pretty amazing game. Tom Brady built Belichick 13-3 over the LA Rams. So now it's on to the Nuggets and Avalanche and March Madness. And uh, where your sports headquarters is Hooters, of course. They have all kinds of specials starting at $10 for a draft and 10 boneless wings. And did you know that Hooters wings can fly? They can, you can have them delivered right to your doorstep. So try their new smoked wings. They're delish. They're only half the calories. And so you can order your Hooters wings to go or have them delivered right to your front door. For more information, visit HootersColorado.com. That's HootersColorado.com. And let them know that you know the Americhicks. So this is Kim Munson with the Americhicks. We're going to go to break, and we will be right back talking with Chris Tomer. Uh, Fox 31 Weatherman and Kevin Sorbo, Hercules. Stay tuned.
2: All AmeriChicks sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. Work with mortgage professionals who will give you quick and accurate financial advice. Home Mortgage Alliance has the knowledge and expertise to explore the many financial options available to you. The mortgage process can be stressful, and as interest rates rise, it's more important than ever to get pre-qualified now, so you're ready to buy. Call Kim Sturts and Mark Cook with Home Mortgage Alliance to make sure that you're making the right financial choice for you and your family. 303-888-2732. Kim and Mark will remain available to you 24-7 to help you through the process. Choose the only mortgage professionals recommended by the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. Call Kim and Mark with Home Mortgage Alliance today. 303-888-2732.
4: You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and Americhick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best with well-priced, made-to-measure clothes that fit a busy lady's lifestyle. Gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email kim at americhicks.com for your initial style consult. kim at Mm americhicks.com Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim
1: Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree? Let's have a conversation. Be sure and check out my website, AmeriChicks.com. Sign up for my my emails. I'll keep you apprised of all the upcoming guests, topics, and important events. I am the uh, AmeriChicks on Facebook and Twitter as well, offering a conservatarian perspective. And thrilled to have on the line with us Colorado meteorologist. And that is Chris Tomer. I'm only going to say that once from now on. You're the weatherman. Okay. Thanks, Kim. (laughs) It's great to have you on the line with us. You're with Fox 31. And I think it's channel two as well. And channel two. Okay. And I think you must have one of the toughest jobs in the country trying to figure out the weather here in Colorado.
2: Well, it is a challenge, but that's why I'm doing it, because uh, I love the challenge. I mean, a great example is the snow we had uh, earlier in the week on Monday. You know, we were expecting, you know, a couple, maybe three inches, and we ended up getting two to three times that. The mountains create the challenge here, Kim. That's why I'm here.
1: Well, most definitely. And there had been this meme that I think you had posted, this crazed uh, weatherman, and he says, well, we could get anywhere from zero to 140 inches of precipitation. It could start at five, six, seven, or 8 o'clock, maybe today, maybe tomorrow. Temperature might be zero. It might be 80. I mean, <laughs> in Colorado, that's almost true. <laughs>
2: it, it kind of is, I mean, depending on what we're forecasting. And I, I, I had probably at least a dozen friends send that meme to me or post it <laughs> on my wall, you know, and... All you can do is laugh. I mean, I don't even, you know, we always, we try to get the forecast correct. We're not trying to miss it. And, you know, we realize that this is an inexact science. I I think there's just a general feeling. Maybe people don't quite understand what we do here. Um, You know, we can't shoot for 100% accuracy. It's just impossible when you predict the future. And that's essentially what we're doing. We try to take everything we can into account and give you the best forecast And I think we do a pretty darn good job of it at least one, two, three days out. And then the forecast sort of gets worse from there. But, you know, that meme, a lot of people, they they found that to be humorous. Um, You know, all I can do is laugh at it anymore. I don't pretend to know exactly what's going to happen with the forecast. But, you know, the mountains here create the difficulty. If we lived in San Diego, it wouldn't be a big deal. But here in Colorado, uh, you know, I think people who have lived here for a long time sort of get it that the mountains the foothills the front range are completely different you know you could have two feet of snow in the mountains a foot in the foothills and nothing here and be golfing and that's the challenge kim here in colorado
1: well, that that is for sure. and uh, But many times you get it right. I remember last week uh, I looked at my phone. It said it was going to start uh, snowing at 3 a.m. And I normally, both Steve and I normally get up around 3 or 3.30 to get into the studio. And I looked out, and almost at 3 o'clock it started snowing. So I thought, aha, that was totally right. But, hey, we've got just a few minutes. This polar vortex that had yep. gripped the country last week. Uh, I mean, we're looking at windshields at 51 below. And I'm, I'm thinking, well, this is kind of the opposite of global warming to me. What, tell us about a polar vortex. This was astounding.
2: Yeah. Okay, this, this has really been marketed to death now. This, the polar vortex, it, it's always been there, but it's only been popular in the last probably three years. It, essentially, what you have there is that it sits up, you know, over the Arctic, Hudson Bay. It's more, mainly an upper atmospheric feature. And by that, I mean up around the jet stream level. And so what happens is is um, sometimes little pieces of that sort of break off, and then they move down over the lower 48, and that's what we saw. It is the coldest of the cold air, and sometimes it's in Siberia, sometimes it's over Canada, and it kind of moves around. And if you get a piece that breaks off, like, is exactly what just happened over Chicago and International Falls, and now it's kind of pivoting through the Northeast. You know, that's the coldest of the cold. That's where you're going to set record lows, and, and that's what we saw with this. So essentially, it's just kind of a wobbling area of low pressure, jet stream level, even higher up in the stratosphere. And when you can dislodge little pieces of that, then you can set some record lows. And that, again, that's the coldest of the cold air.
1: Well, and uh, I mean, I found it absolutely astounding, but this isn't anything new. I mean, this has happened before, yes?
2: Uh, correct. Absolutely. Yeah, it didn't just appear in the last few years. It's always been there. Um, but really, you know, it, p- the, people like to grab onto new things and then they get marketed. And that's what we've seen. Um, and the other issue is there's some work being done with climate change. And has that affected the movement and the intensity and the timing of the polar vortex and there is some work that says yes on that that it will become more likely that little pieces of that will break off and kind of spin down through Canada and then into the lower 48 as we kind of move into the future. That's really difficult to say but I'll tell you, there is some work out there being done that says, yes, that would be something that we look for.
1: Well, it's absolutely fascinating. Chris Tomer, you are a meteorologist with uh, Fox 31 Channel 2. Thank you so much for explaining uh, what you do and also a bit about this polar vortex. So thanks so much, Chris. We'll talk to you again soon. I'm
2: always happy to talk with you, Kim. I appreciate you having me
1: on. Oh, most definitely. So have a great day. Take care now. Thanks. Hey Jason, Presidential Wealth Management. Uh, what's going on today?
2: Well, there's plenty going
3: on. Uh, certainly not as exciting as over there with Steve's birthday. Isn't that a <laughs> national holiday?
1: Uh, I think it is. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I, I think everybody should get a paid day off. Uh, you know, on Steve's birthday, and not just government workers either.
0: <laughs> what do you think, Steve? Could we get down to the real business here, please?
1: Okay, okay. So, hey, Jason, a couple of days ago, Susan Kochevar was on the line. She was in Florida. Uh, While well, half the country was freezing to death, you suggested that we should just adopt a redistribution of weather policy here in the U.S. Since we're talking a lot about climate change today, any other bright ideas?
3: Well, I did come up with another one that I think would fit in nicely with the first one, and I just think next time Congress floats their next bill to raise the federal minimum wage, they just need to tack on a provision to just raise the minimum temperature for the whole country because people deserve (laughs) a living temperature, Kim.
1: (laughs) Speaking of deserving things, there's always a debate whether or not Social Security is an entitlement or not. What do you think?
3: Boy, I, I don't think it should be called an entitlement. 100 percent because you do contribute money to it that's designed to eventually benefit you directly. Uh, But I'll tell you, from the point of view of what goes in versus what you have a really good chance to receive, I think it is a really good deal. That's for sure.
1: Well, that's interesting. So how would it compare to just investing uh, money on on our own?
3: You know that's a good question because a lot of people have said I'd I'd rather just take my money and invest it because I could do better so as an apples to apples as close as possible example Kim let's look at someone who worked for forty years and they hit the maximum earnings each year subject to the Social Security payroll taxes so this person started working in 1978 at age 26 and they're planning to retire today at age 66 and start taking their social security benefit.
1: Okay, I'm with you so far.
3: Okay, so over this person's working life, they would have contributed a total of about 177000 into the system. The first year, it would have been a measly about 1100 bucks. By a year 40, as their income went up, uh just under 8,000, so total of 177. Now at age 66, Kim, the first month, they'd get $2,861 in social security benefits. So for the first year, that's about $34,300. And don't forget that amount uh, will increase almost every year due to cost of living adjustments. And it's also guaranteed for life.
1: So, Jason, you're you're not convinced that most people could do as well on their own.
3: I got to tell you, Kim. Here's the thing: most of the experts would say that uh, when you're investing on your own and you start taking out the money for retirement, they say a safe rule of thumb uh, withdrawal rate, starting at about age sixty-six, would be four percent of your nest egg. So, Kim, we just do simple math, and that says to match the 34000 a year from Social Security, by age 66, you'd have had to build your nest egg up to about $858,000. And that means over that entire 40 years, you'd have to average about an 8.5% return every year.
1: You know, Jason, I don't know very many people who do that well over the long term in the market.
3: No, and, and it's tough. In fact, there's a company called Dalbar. They're a research company, and they have studied this extensively. And what they have found is that uh, people that invest, you know, long-term stock market investors, they've averaged, in reality, just a little bit under 4% a year. So that would mean that you wouldn't have $858,000. You'd have three hundred and forty thousand dollars. So either you take the thirty four thousand for about ten years and then the money's gone, or to be safe if you took four percent of the three hundred forty, you'd get about fourteen thousand dollars a year in income instead of the thirty four thousand from social security and, and it still wouldn't be guaranteed at that point.
1: Wow, Jason, I bet I'm like most people. I never realized how valuable Social Security really is. Uh, The good news is that you guys have some workshops coming up on that topic,
3: right? You know, we do. uh, On Thursday, February 7th, uh, we're doing the workshop on Social Security. And then Saturday, February 9th, we're doing Social Security plus an extra bonus class taxes. And you can sign up for one of them or both of them. Uh, Just go to chickspresidential.com. The times and details will be there. You could just sign up online or call our phone number at the office and uh, sign up over the phone either way.
1: Okay, so that's chickspresidential.com to sign up for that. And another bonus, Chick-fil-A served at both events.
3: That's right, Kim. Chick fil A is really good, and from what I can see, it looks like it's really healthy, too.
1: It is. Now, why?
3: Well, I looked at their menu and their signature chicken sandwich. It has 440 calories, 28 grams of muscle building protein, and no trans fat.
1: Aha. Okay, very good. So be sure and check out chickspresidential.com. That's chickspresidential.com with Jason McBride. And Jason, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Sounds great, Kim. Okay, thanks. Bye. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. As a Colorado representative to the National Board of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect private property rights. Since losing her mother to breast cancer, Karen Levine has helped organize a local fundraising event called Karen's for the Cure, raising money for breast cancer research. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the Americans with Kim Munson. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516.
4: Social media is important to the AmeriChicks since it's an avenue we can utilize to hear from and speak to all of our friends. For those of you who enjoy listening to the show, we'd love to hear what's
1: on your radar. Follow us and talk to us at AmeriChicks Twitter and Facebook pages. Also, if you're a business owner who could benefit from some extra foot traffic from like-minded friends,
4: consider advertising on the AmeriChicks radio show. Contact us at AmeriChicks.com or email Kim at AmeriChicks.com.
1: Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. Uh, be sure and check out my website, AmeriChicks.com, and sign up for my emails. I'll keep you apprised of all the upcoming guest topics and important events. And I am the Americhicks on Facebook and Twitter as well, offering a conservatarian perspective. Thrilled to have on the line with us a movie star, Kevin Sorbo, Um, Hercules. You've got all these movies. Kevin Sorbo, welcome to the Americhicks with Kim Munson.
5: Good to be back into you again.
1: Hey, it's great to have you. So, you are a conservative in Hollywood, a very successful Hollywood star. So, I mean, you were Hercules, what, for seven years, and it was watched yep. all over the world, right?
5: We actually passed Baywatch by our third season and became the most-watched TV show in the world. We, uh... We're in 176 countries at the time. It's still in 60 countries all these years later. And When I do these autograph shows, these Comic-Con shows, I'm getting a whole new group of like 12 and 13-year-olds who's whose parents were that age. Now they're in their 30s, of course. <laughs> they're the age I was when I was filming it. So um, it reminds me that I'm getting older, but at the same time, it reminds me uh, uh, that the, the show still has a lot of kick in it, and people really enjoy it.
1: You know, Kevin, there's some stories that are just timeless, and I think the story of Hercules is is, is one of those. So that's, that's major cool. Um, you've done a lot of movies. One that really touched my heart is... God's Not Dead. That was a really powerful movie, and, and that was several years ago, but you've been doing lots of movies.
2: I have.
5: You know, God's Not Dead really hit a nerve, and uh, it was only $2 million budget, which is—that's not even catering on Pirates of the Caribbean. You know, they shoot $300 million <laughs> movies, and this little thing was a little engine that could. It went on to make uh, over 100, $100 million worldwide. And, uh, but I think there was a better movie I did with the same company, PureFlix, called What If, that came out two years earlier. They just didn't do a very good job of promoting it. So it all comes down to promotion, of course. And the same writers, so they can't. They Can't Get Mad at Me, same writers, and it's a wonderful movie, so I highly recommend people seeing What If, but one of my latest movies that was out in theaters for three months is called Let There Be Light, which I'm really proud of. It did very well in theaters at a three-month run. It's now out there on Amazon and also at Walmart DVD, and uh, I directed that one as well. My wife co-wrote it with the uh, very uh, famous Dan Gordon writer who wrote The Hurricane, and he wrote White Earth and he was a showrunner in Highway to Heaven, and... Um so please check out Let There Be Light. I think people will enjoy that movie. It's very touching, moving, very funny as well and will uh will definitely uh will definitely touch you in a lot of good places.
1: Well, de- most definitely. Let There Be Light. Be sure and check that out. And you are uh, what? You're just sitting around on the beach not doing anything now out there in California?
5: <laughs> I actually I actually don't live in California. I just moved recently to Long Island, New York. So uh it's a, it's a long story. I'll try to make it quick. The fires were very big in our area. We'd evacuate our house. And uh, the fires burned three homes to the ground in my street alone. The fires came within three feet of my house and stopped. Why? I don't know. It's a miracle that our house didn't burn down. Wow. And um, we have a family that uh, lost their home a couple blocks away from us. And they now, uh, they wanted to rebuild. So they, they rented our home for the next two years and uh, we luckily had another house that we built out here in Long Island back in 2000 that we used as a uh, as a rental we just built it as a real estate investment and so now we've moved our entire house out here so I've left the 70 degrees weather for the 10 degrees weather. I'm not really <laughs> happy about it. But one
1: high-tax state to another high-tax state. So at least oh you get gosh, that parity on that.
5: Well, well, here's the deal. The home is t- almost 20 years old now. We're doing, it's been beat up by renters through the years. So we're doing a major facelift on it. And hopefully we're going to sell it uh, but before the end of this year. And then we are moving to Florida.
1: <laughs> There's a lot of people moving to Florida, no matter uh, their political s- persuasion. It's f- for some reason, they like the fact that uh, lower taxes down there.
5: So. Well, you know, and then and then all the all the New Yorkers, you know, they leave the state for the governments that they vote in, and then they move to Florida and vote for the same kind
1: of government. Go figure! And, what you, oh my gosh. And, it's insane.
5: I've got so many European friends. I lived in Europe for three and a half years, and a number of them have moved to America. And they're telling me, we left Europe for exactly what's happening in America today. <laughs> so well, I it- just don't want to learn.
1: Well, and you know, Colorado, we've got a lot of Californians that move, have been oh moving. Oh my gosh! Moving, I know. And uh, and they're bringing their policies with them. And um,
5: you guys are you guys are a purple state now. It's very scary.
1: It is very scary. We've got a lot of work to do. So, uh, but let's jump in here. I saw one of your tweets go by within the last week or so. You yeah. had posted this video regarding global warming and climate change. It was yep. uh, this young environmentalist is basically saying they're not telling you the truth. But I had to chuckle a little bit as i saw this when on the other hand we're seeing all of these you know 50 below wind chills over part of the united states and i'm thinking something isn't jiving here so let's talk a little bit about this global warming video that you posted
5: well, you know, Al Gore promised us the world is lost due to global warming. And now we're in a third record winter in a row of low temperatures. So the truth is very confusing to me right now. You know? So, um, Central Europe is having its coldest January on record in the most snow since 1937. And if people want to go back to history. Unfortunately, so anybody under 30 doesn't know history because they don't teach it anymore. That's right. why history That's why it repeats itself. But in the 1970s. There's a great cover of of Life magazine. I think it was in 77 or 78 of January. I think it was 77. And it was the 1970s was the coldest decade on record, the coldest. And the media at that time was worried and saying, are we entering another ice age? So here we are 40 years later, and now apparently the world is going to die and disappear because of global warming. But uh, I just call it weather. I mean, we don't have any record. Of any weather from the 1700s, 1600s, 1500s, anything before, we have no idea what the temperature was in New York City in January of, uh, you know, 1231 before it was New York City.
1: Well, and that is really the question. What year is, is there, their barometer? You know, what what, what is the baseline? Uh, what year is that? Because I remember I served on city council for uh, my community for four years, and one of the things there had been a new um dam, a water dam that had been built, and so I went out to take a look at it and uh, we were driving around and they said, "Oh, there's some fossils over there of some fern trees uh this used to be a rainforest and uh, i'm I'm thinking, so we had a rainforest, and then out here we also had the uh uh you know the uh dinosaurs, and then we had the 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 woolly mammoth i mean it's called seasons, climate change. I mean, and so what they're doing and what this video that you had posted talked about is this has really been a power play <laughs> as far as trying to uh, take money from basically the United States and redistribute it across the world. So it's about money and power instead of really about the environment, I think.
5: Oh, it's, it's crazy. I mean, the sky is falling, right? I and mean, the media loves to keep us in fear. I think of Don Henley's song that Dirty Laundry, the bubble of Bleach Blonde comes on at five. She can tell us about the plane crash with the gleam in her eye. <laughs> I mean, yeah. They love to keep us in fear and worry. And, and people take everything people say on the news or on, on the internet as as the truth. As I tell my kids, I said, well, if it was on the internet, it must be true. So I, I said, well, why don't we just look at some more facts? If you look at the whole global warming scam, if you and I were both smart, you and I would have jumped on the Al Gore's bandwagon and invested in everything that he started <laughs> because that guy's... A billionaire now, off of scaring the world, thinking that uh, the polar ice caps are going to disappear. This guy's video was amazing, and uh, I think people need to see it and really listen to what he's going to say, because he has no agenda. He says, "Look right here, guys. I'm just, I'm just giving you facts here." But unfortunately, the left doesn't like facts. They hate statistics. He throw truth at them, they just cower because they have more, more passion than we have. You know, when I, when I find all really the left has is more angry and hatred. Uh, the anger and hatred than we have. That's what I find from them because that's all they do is get mad about everything.
1: Well, and you know, it's really become a party of of destruction. And Kevin, I think it's so interesting that the veil is off now uh, with what is going on in America, and and the veil is off regarding global warming as well. People need to to as I think you're talking with your children. You need to look a little bit further. And so, a positive thing is is that. Everybody has a video cam or has you know a video in their their phone that they can can take pictures. Of course, that's a negative as well. But I had a little interaction with a friend of mine that was totally concerned about the Covington Catholic kids and how they had treated that Native American. And uh, she was following, following the narrative that these kids were defiant and disrespectful and all. And I said, have you seen the complete video? Of course not. And of course not. So I, <laughs> I, I found the video and I said, okay, start watching it about a minute, an hour 22. And I got this text message back and she said, "Oh." My gosh. Uh, And I'd also sent something about the threats that these kids have been getting. And she said, we need to pray for these families. But she had no idea the the other thing I'm hoping people realize is if you're going to news sources that are lying to you about X, they may very well be lying to you about Y also.
5: Yeah. Well, they always are only gonna—they're always gonna doctor these videos. They never want to show the whole thing. You never see the whole picture behind it. They want to always show what they want to show that will make everybody on the left mad at people on the right and blaming them. And uh, this is just what people do. And it's—it's it's sad to me. It's, it, it, we've totally just gotten rid of having any kind of civil conversations with anybody, especially on the left. President Trump has done so much good. You can list all the stuff that he's done, but they don't care. There's so many more bigger problems in the world, but they'll take 18 of the top 20 stories every single time will be about hating Trump and hating everything he does. And before he ran for president, the left used to love him. The left loved the Donald Trump. So it just shows you how, how it just how. how How you know fractured we become, and how uh, distant we distant we are, and instead of just listening to facts, it just comes down to emotions. Like I said,
1: well, and you mentioned President Trump's accomplishments recently. We had listed twenty five of them that just within the last two plus years has helped everyday hardworking Americans. And so when I see them uh, attacking President Trump, I see them actually attacking. Everyday Americans. And that seems to be the agenda uh, that, uh, that that this far, far uh, radical, progressive uh, left that has taken over the Democrat Party, the Democrat Party of today is not the Democrat Party of your parents no, or JFK. No,
5: no. All you have to do, like, you're right, all you have to do is listen to 1960s JFK's inauguration speech, and that is a Republican talking today. In fact, more Republican than most rhinos we have out there in our office, too. I mean, everything's moving further and further left. I remember guys like John Boyd and Dennis Miller, who used to be liberals, who are now conservative, and said, look, I didn't leave the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party left me. And that's where those guys are right now, because you look how crazy it is. President uh, Kennedy said, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Well, all the liberals out there now want you and me and everybody else who work hard and have a living going and have had failures and failures but uh, didn't let those the things stop them to find success in their lives. They want all of us to take care of them because they've given up on their lives. They, they, they're blaming everybody else for their own insecurities and their own failures in life. And they're saying, hey, you've got to take care of me now because it's your fault.
1: Well, when Kamala Harris says, who are we? I, I say we are better than that. Hey, Kevin Sorbo, let's go to break. When we come back, I want to get your take on this whole abortion thing that's happening regarding uh, in New York and Virginia. It's absolutely Astounding, but the veil is off. So we're going to go to break and we'll be right back.
4: Dan Predovich and his team at Predovich and Company help your business plan ahead financially. The Americhicks with Kim Munson highly recommends Predovich and Company as your financial business consultant. Predovich and Company will take care of your tax preparation, bookkeeping, and business advisory services. Dan Predovich and his team want to learn about the unique needs of your business through real, honest dialogue. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich & Company can help clients anywhere in the United States. Call 303-791-3000 to start preparing now for tax season. Organize your business finances with Predovich & Company. Call 303-791-3000 today.
1: Welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, we need to be having these conversations. Be sure and check out my website, AmeriChicks.com, and sign up for my emails. I'll keep you apprised of all the upcoming guest topics and important events. And I am the AmeriChicks on Facebook and Twitter as well, offering a conservatarian perspective. Thrilled to have on the line with us, you know him, Kevin Sorbo, uh, Hercules, uh, all these great movies, God's Not Dead what if uh let there be light and uh, a whole bunch of movies that are going to be coming out here in 2019 so kevin sorbo it is great to have you here
5: thank you so much
1: okay Thanks now yeah yeah in the last segment we talked about this video that you had posted regarding uh this young millennial talking about really the the mistruths if you will or the lies that have been fed to um, our young people regarding global warming. Now, one of uh, the most famous millennials right now is Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, twenty-nine-year-old congresswoman who who basically uh, surprised everyone and won a seat for Congress in, in New York, where you live now,
5: with a whole seventeen thousand votes.
1: Wow. With seven, exactly. Uh, the Democrats, uh, I, I think, the elite Democrats got a little. Um, too big for their britches. They didn't pay attention. And so she, she basically knocked off, a, a, I think it was like a 10-term congressman. So she, er, she's getting all kinds of vid, media attention. And she graduated from the University of Boston with a, a degree in economics, which I don't know who financed her education, but I think they should get her mon- their money back. You know what? <laughs> exactly.
5: It's it's amazing. She's the gift that keeps giving, though. I don't worry about her, to be honest with you. I I worry about more people like Pelosi and Schumer who know their lying. Who know? They're very smart people. They know exactly the damage that they're doing. Those people are more of a concern to me than, than this crazy woman. So to me, she's a gift that keeps giving. And all she's got to do is keep talking. And you, even the even the Democrats got to be cringing with the stuff that comes out of her mouth.
1: Well, you know, I think she really believes uh, what she's what she's saying. And so let's let's talk about this. Um, let's do the soundbite, Steve. And then I'd like to talk, kind of segue that into some of this new legislation in New York and Virginia regarding abortion. So let's go ahead and listen to that.
5: And we're like, the world is going to end in 12 years if we don't address climate change. And your biggest issue is your your biggest issue is how are we going to
1: pay for it? And like, this is the war. This is our World War II. Wow. Kevin Sorbo, she's she's convinced the world is going to end in 12 years and, and people would be concerned about that. But I was thinking about it. The policies of the Democrat Party now, the world is ending now for little babies and the veil is yeah. off. This is no longer the the mother's health or anything like that. Did you hear the Virginia governor? He was on a oh, radio yeah. show. And he basically said the baby could be delivered. They would keep it comfortable, and then they would decide what to do. What do you think, Kevin Sorbo?
5: You know what I got a laugh out of when listening to him? He brings up, he says, it's it's really not for us to decide. It's for the mother and father. And that made me laugh. I go, he just said mother and father. Mother and father of what? So he's admitting that's Ah. a baby. That is a child. That's a human being. Otherwise, he, he wouldn't say mother and father. Mother and father to what? Don't you guys all think it's just a clump of cells? Look, there's a heartbeat of 22 22 days. 22 days. So tell me that is not a life. It's insane that the way they sit there and look at this whole abortion issue, if you look at it, and really concentrate on their arguments of, should we kill a baby at two months, four months, six months? When was when, it okay to kill a baby? Now we're at the point now you can actually deliver them and get rid of them. Maybe now they'll, in a couple of years old, the kid can get to one or two years old and they can go, you know what, ah, he, he cries too much. Grandma, you want to take him outside and take care of him, here's a shovel. I mean, it's so pathetic what they're doing. They have They have normalized this. Through television, through movies. Politics is downstream of culture. Who runs the culture? Hollywood runs the culture. So they have normalized, they've desensitized. I mean, it's like going in and order a hamburger now. So you go in and say, I like a double cheeseburger, an abortion, a large order of fries. It's like not a big deal to these people. And it's so sad that we brainwash people to think that life is so not important. Look what we've done to, to, to I mean, they're They're more concerned with how you treat a puppy and a kitty and don't cut a tree down. They would rather hug a tree than hug a human being. They are the culture of death, and it's just sad. I mean, I wish they could explain to me why they think this is okay. We've killed over 100 million over the last century, 70 million and counting since Roe v. Wade. I mean, it's absolutely atrocious what we're doing. I mean, Mother Teresa said it is going to destroy mankind. She says it's the worst crime mankind could ever create. President Ronald Reagan's got one of the greatest quotes. He said, I've noticed that people who are for abortion have already been born. (laughs) So... It's just amazing
1: to me. Well, you know, we, you, you think about like the Incas and, you know, these, um, you know, civilizations that used to, uh, sacrifice their children. And, and we look at that, we talk about that and with horror. But yeah. then we, we basically have, have sacrificed a complete generation to a lie because the, I, the, the, the feminist movement, the the radical feminist movement, has tried to convince young women and young men as well. It hurts both both men and women. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind about it that that you know having you know intimacy, there is something that that can happen, and that is the creation of a baby. And to just snuff that out, I think ultimately, people in their hearts know that it's wrong. But the feminists have tried to convince a whole generation of women that it's okay. And we are now at the point where the veil is off. And uh, so, of course, the Virginia governor said, well, in case of deformity or something like that. And so the other day we talked about it. Uh, famous people who were born with birth defects, Helen Keller, blind and deaf, Stephen Hawking. Uh, did you know that Dudley Moore, Mia Hamm and Troy Aikman all had club feet? Uh, Hank Williams, John Cougar Mellencamp had spinal. Well, you know what? They would have, uh, as Rush Limbaugh said, in the fourth trimester, they would have been born, kept c- comfortable. And then the doctor and the mother and the father could have made a decision to kill these children. And just think about it. Uh, humanity would be, be less because these people had not lived. Just think about all the, the music and the books and things that we have snuffed out. The, maybe we've even snuffed out the, the cure for cancer with this uh, this whole movement. These are the same people
5: that fight against the death penalty for murderers and rapists. So those are the people they want to keep alive, that have done horrific and horrible things. But for innocent babies, I mean, they call it pro-choice. There's no choice there. The baby doesn't have a choice. The choice is life or death. And the reality is, When they sit there and use that my body, my choice thing, that's ridiculous. It's not your body in there. That body has a different, it's got a brain, it's got a different heart, it's got a different blood type possibly. It could be a different sex. It could be a boy instead of a girl inside that woman's body. I mean, it's amazing to me that we've gotten such a point that everything is okay with that. These are the people that call you and me who want a border wall to protect us. We're immoral. We're the ones who are immoral, but killing babies is okay. I mean, it's it's just sad and all they do is get in your face and get angry. And you're going, "No, please explain to me how this is okay. Why are you using uh, why you using uh, abortion as a birth control method?" I mean, it's just weird to me. And and 100 million and counting over in the last 100 years. Are you telling me every one of them were were are going to be deformed? Every, I mean, and and think of this. It's not just it's not just the 70 millions in Roe v. Wade, but how many of those 70 million who now a lot of them would be in their 20s, 30s and 40s would have had kids themselves? We've destroyed an entire generation and a couple generations of generations of, of, of lives and. Everything seems to be OK with people on the left. That That's OK, that it's a topic that we don't even need to discuss. We should just accept their anger and their hatred and move along. But they're the ones who scream for tolerance, right? And they're the tolerant people you'll ever meet.
1: Right, right. Well, you know, when we talk about Mao, I think that he was around 65 million that were killed under his regime. Stalin, I want to say maybe 30 million, Hitler, 15 million. And we look at them as monsters. And yet- yeah,
5: Stalin. Stalin was Stalin was between 30 and 50 million. It's that bad they can't even guess how many of his own people he killed. And Pol Pot, I believe, was seven million in Cambodia. But
1: but, but there know. weren't that many people in Cambodia. I mean, he killed oh, no. a whole bunch That's of people. You know.
5: It's just- it's it's inc- it's incredible to me. And I brought this up the other day, you know, 70 years ago, there was a group of people who decided who could live and who can't. And they were called the Nazis. And that's why I love the left when they constantly call you or me or Trump or anybody else a Nazi. And I'm going, wait a minute. You're the socialist. Do You know, that Nazi stands for national socialists. So right. They they just they just. They keep shooting themselves in the foot and they're they're wrong and they don't create anything. Everything about them is destruction. They create nothing. They're kind of like the IRS.
1: <laughs> True. Hey, Kevin, we're just about out of time. This is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks. We're talking with uh, famous actor uh, Kevin Sorbo. I take great heart that the veil is now off on what these agendas really are. You know, I think for many years, per- per- and people are going, okay, yeah, okay, in the case of incest, oh, okay, in the case of mother's life, okay, okay. Well, the veil is off. And there's a big swath of millennials that they've seen the ultrasound of their little brother or sister, you know, up yep. on the refrigerator, and they're saying, hold on a minute, this stuff that you've been telling us isn't true. And so just a couple of things. There is a whole group of women, young women and men that bought into this lie of abortion. And as Christians... I think that we need to, to wrap our arms around them with compassion and say, we realized this was a big lie. And, um, you know, we, we know there's a hole in your heart. I, I just think that that's really important. Your final comments.
5: Well, can I, I'm going I'm to jump in here and put in, uh, put in the fact that I do a lot of pro-life speaking events. People can go to kevinsorbo.net. That's kevinsorbo.net. Great. They can get a hold of me if they want me to come to their town, their church, or wherever, school, and talk about this. Um, I do about 12 to 15 a a year the last seven, eight years. And uh, you brought something up that uh, is definitely near and dear to my heart as well, is that when they hear 100 percent of women that want to have an abortion, a full 80 percent of them after they've had a sonogram and hear that heartbeat change their mind, 80 percent. So this is a this is amazing, and it makes them realize, oh my God, that is not my heart in there. That is an actual heartbeat of something else living inside of me right now. So uh, we just need more of that going out there. And I know more and more of these uh, pregnancy centers are doing that, and I know I know by law they have to tell them the options with abortion as well because the government has made them do that. But it's amazing to me what's going on. You'll never hear this from Planned Parenthood, which was formed initially. Just to de- have the destruction of um, African American be destroyed. people need to, People need to do their history on that as well. Planned Parenthood. To, don't tie behind the fact that's what you guys believe in. So um, there you go. But. Uh, um, I, do want to, I do want to give a quick plug. I've got five movies coming out this year. Go to right. kevinsorbo.net for information there as well. They're all wonderful family movies. They're going to come out during the summer and the fall. So uh, please check them out. I'll, I'll keep people posted about when they come out.
1: Well, net. that segues beautifully into the end of our show where I say it's 2019. Read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and no offense, Hercules, but like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. Kevin Sorbo, thank you so much for joining the Americhicks with Kim Munson.
5: Thank you. We'll do it again down the road. I'd love to uh, plug my movies when they come out this summer.
1: Okay, we'll definitely do that. So God bless you, and God bless America. And I don't
2: want no one to cry.
1: Tell them